Belief has been a major theme in my life, believing in myself, believing in others. It's a bit of blind faith, I guess, that I have. I see it just as jumping in with both feet. I think a lot of times people miss out on opportunities or experiences due to skepticism. But at least for me, believing in what I'm doing has always worked really well. I wanted the core of my life's work to be about helping people. I really strive to see the best in people and bring that out. It has to start with belief. Without belief, nothing can really be accomplished. The voice you just heard is Kyle Smith, the sales promotion manager for the central region of the Cutco Vector Marketing Sales Organization. As an SPM, Kyle's greatest strength is believing in people, and he leverages this strength to foster strong connections and help others to make the best of their opportunity with Vector. In my observation of him, I've seen that Kyle operates on a level that's much higher than the role that was defined for him initially. By going the extra mile and working as a co-developer of the leaders in the central region with his region manager and staff, Kyle has been able to have maximum impact and maximum fulfillment in his career. Belief has been the catalyst, and in this inspiring conversation, Kyle Smith sincerely shares what follows from belief. Welcome to Changing Lives, Selling Knives. I'm your host, Dan Cassetta. There's a generation of entrepreneurs and business leaders out there right now who are positively impacting the world using lessons and skills that they first learned from selling Cutco knives with Vector Marketing Corporation. This podcast was created to share inspiring stories from Cutco's most prominent alumni and current leaders. On this show, you'll meet successful entrepreneurs, best-selling authors, superstar business executives, and transformational leaders from many walks of life. All our guests will have two things in common. One, they're all changing lives today through their work and their influence. And two, they all started out selling Cutco knives when they were younger. The lessons of the Cutco Vector experience are numerous, are compelling, and are real-world concepts for business and life. Through hearing real-life stories and hands-on experiences, you'll gain insights that can help you in whatever it is that you do in life. Thanks for pressing play. Let's get on with today's episode. Welcome to the podcast, everybody. I am with Kyle Smith today, the sales promotion manager for the central region in uh, Vector Cutco. Uh, Kyle has been with the company since 2002, started out in Illinois. He was a branch manager in 2003, became a district manager in 04 for a little while in Peoria, Illinois. Eventually, Kyle settled into the role of sales promotion manager in the central region. This is a role supporting the region manager and helping with running the region and running a lot of region events and a lot of other things that have to do with running this big piece of the vector marketing company. And Kyle graduated from University of Illinois with a degree in mechanical engineering I had a chance to observe Kyle directly for a couple of years when I was working in a, in a role where I was supporting the three regions in the Western side of the company. And I noticed that Kyle operated his role as a sales promotion manager in a way that was different and unique from any other SPMs that I had encountered. It was very much an assistant region manager type of mindset. We're going to talk a little bit about that today. Kyle has had a significant 
and tremendous impact on the central region over the years, helping build the region into a great success. So Kyle Smith, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Dan. I'm honored to be here. I've been looking forward to this for uh, a while. Ready to have some fun. Thanks for having me. Excellent. Well, this will be fun, I'm sure. And I've been looking forward to it as well. Hey, take us back to 2002 and how'd you get started selling Cutco? Yeah. So like you mentioned, I was studying mechanical engineering at the University of Illinois in Champaign-Urbana. And uh, it was later in the Vector summer, late June, I think last week of June, Jamie Friedland, who's also been on the podcast, was my original manager. And uh, I was just looking for a job for kind of July, August, just to kind of tide me over until the school year started. Saw an ad online, uh, in a newspaper ad in Champaign, the News Gazette. Had an interview that same day, training the very next day, and got started that weekend. So it was very quick. No time for me to, to really second guess anything. In fact, unlike a lot of the stories that, that you hear, there was zero skepticism from me or from anyone in my inner circle, my parents, friends, at least none that was expressed to me. So I was all in right away. I was off and running, did my fast start, and then jumped right into the SC2 push there in July. So yeah. that was how things got started for me. Did Jamie run your interview? Jamie ran the interview, and then Jamie ran the first two days of training, and then the very next day got married. So she was Jamie Sargent back then when she interviewed me. But by the time I, uh, you know, did my first demos, she was already Jamie Friedland. Uh, so, but yeah, I could I couldn't imagine she did day two of training, got married that next day, and uh, the assistant manager there, Matt Wavering, ran the third day of my training. Wow, she was committed. Yeah. Yeah, very committed branch manager. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, she comes across as just so like genuine and trustworthy. I mean, I could certainly see why you dove right in uh, without any skepticism or hesitation at all. I loved having Jamie as my first manager. She was absolutely perfect in what I needed. Definitely authentic, genuine, really was uh, had the best interests of all of her people at heart. She recruited around 200 people that summer. It was a big recruiting summer in general for the company, but certainly for her. And But she treated everyone like they were the most important person in her organization. And I definitely felt that. And then that meant a lot to me when I first got started. Yeah. You know, I got to know her mostly through having done the podcast interview with her that we had and felt a lot of those same things that you just described in, in, a, in a short amount of time, just over a Zoom conversation here. So pretty cool that uh, that, that was your initial experience working with Vector was working with someone like her. It was fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. So tell us more about that summer and what were some of the things you went through and lessons you learned? Yeah. You know, so like I said, I, I had full support right away and was all in right away, which was, which was really awesome. I know not a lot of people get that. And I think that's something that, that has served me in my, in my life really well is it's a bit of blind faith, I guess, that I have that might be controversial or, or even criticized. But uh, I just, I, I see it just as jumping in with both feet. I always know I can change course if needed, but I think a lot of times people miss out on opportunities or experiences due to, you know, skepticism. But at least for me, believing in what I'm doing is has always worked really well. And I, I certainly did that summer. You know, like I said, it was great having Jamie as a manager. I, I learned the importance of fun from her. Uh, it was always fun at work. I learned the importance of honoring the person in front of you and then the power of recognition and gratitude. And I can just remember, even if I had a rough week, her always lifting me up and encouraging me, and that being the culture of the office and even the division and region that I was a part of. So I had a good first summer, didn't break any records, but uh, did about, about $17,000 in sales, ended up number one in the office. And since I was a junior, 
in college, slightly older than most people that are seniors in high school or freshmen when they start. I was put on the fast track to management. So after just about six weeks on the job, was slotted for a, a branch position that next summer. It wasn't you know given to me right away, but but I was in branch training and was was aiming to be a branch manager that next year. Outstanding. You said something about honoring the person in front of you is one of the things that you learned, right? Observing Jamie yeah. and working with her. And, and I feel like that really ties perfectly into the role you're in now as a sales promotion manager. I mean, one of the things that SPMs do is they show the love to other people and help other people feel great about who they are and where they're going with us here in the company and what they're going to be able to do and that they feel honored, right? I think that that, uh, that's cool that you feel like that lesson came from those very early days as a sales rep. For sure. Yeah. It's something that I took away from that summer and from, you know, two years or so of working with Jamie. And I just, I always try to make sure that the person that's in front of me feels like they're the only person in the world in that moment. And, uh, it's something that has definitely served me well as an SPM too. Outstanding. So you, you branched the second summer, right? Yeah, for me, you know, becoming a branch manager was kind of a no-brainer. It was just like the next logical step for me. I, and I loved it. I, I loved building a team. I loved believing in people. The branch that I ran was in Decatur, Illinois. And people had pretty routinely called it year after year the armpit of, of America. And uh, no, nobody ever goes there and succeeds is what I was told. I was even called an experiment because you're going rep to branch. At the time, I didn't know a lot of you know, great managers in the past had done that. And so I kind of saw it as an experiment too. I was like, I'm just going to give this thing a shot. But I loved believing in people, even when, and actually, especially when they, they didn't yet believe in themselves. Certainly it was fun taking someone that had had a lot of success in other areas of their life, athletics, academics, whatever, and, and help them really crush it at Cutco. But it was even more rewarding for me to take someone that hadn't really had a ton of success outside of, of this this business before and uh, and help them succeed here even if it was at an average level that meant a lot more to me so that's one of the things that was that was paramount to my experience as a branch was learning how to really believe in people wherever they were at in life and how much success they'd had to that point mm, outstanding it started with believing in myself like i had said I, a few of the people in my division were skeptical of me going out as a manager after just you know 10 months of experience and we had a rough start i, I remember my first training we did a three-week slingshot training, kind of like a, like a mini January program leading up to the first week of summer. And I had 130 people scheduled for the first <laughs> training that I ever ran as a branch. And everyone said, you know what? First time running an office, you expect like 20, maybe 25 people to show up. 45 people showed up to my office. The training room really could only house about 30, 35 at the most. There were people standing in the hallway. It was a total disaster. I ended up launching of the 45, 13 people started selling Cutco for me that week. Two of them sold and they did about 1500 bucks. So rough start to say the least. <laughs> uh, but I don't remember it phasing me, to be honest. I remember being stressed. I remember being not really knowing what I was doing, but it didn't affect me emotionally. I was just like, whatever, I'm here to run an office for 18 weeks. We ended up selling just shy of 250 grand for the summer, finished top 10 in the nation. And what that really taught me was just persevere when things seem bleak. And sure, it's nice to get off to a fast start, but at the end of the day, all I can do is start from right now. And that's a credo that I've tried to live by my whole life is all I can do is start from now. 
And uh, I learned that early on as a branch manager. Yeah, I love that. All I can do is start from now. So you carried that into being a district manager the following summer. Is that right? Yep. Yeah, yeah. So I uh, went back to school for kind of what, what should have been my final year. I'll talk more about that later. But went out as a DM in May of 2004 in Peoria, Illinois. And I loved being a DM. We grew that summer by about 50,000 bucks, did around 300 grand. Looking back, what I learned most about myself through that experience were two things. I loved working hard and I loved helping people. And I didn't know if I was going to stay with Vector long-term, but I wanted the core of my life's work to be about helping people. And it has been to this day. And I, I've chosen for the most part to stay with Vector during the better part of 23 years here. And uh, I've been helping people all along. And that's it, it really means a lot to me to be able to do that. For sure. So after working as a DM for a short amount of time, you left the business for a little while, right? Tell us about what you did I, I did. I did. I, um, so I hadn't yet finished my degree uh, when I opened my office. And what I thought would happen or what could happen was that I would be able to finish my degree while running a DM office. That turned out not to be the case for me. I, I wasn't able to balance it. And so I left in 2005, went back and finished, got my engineering degree. And at that point, I thought I should attempt to use my technical degree and skills. And uh, I got a job as a software trainer for a, a healthcare tech company. And honestly, I had a blast. I traveled the country, training hospital staffs, creating new training materials as well. It was It was a lot of fun. But I Still felt like there was something missing. And at the same time, I was taking uh, the LSAT. I took the LSAT that fall of 2005 and then was in the process of applying to law schools. At the end of 2006, right as I was turning in my applications for law school, I got the call from Dave Durand about the SPM job being available again. I, I can still remember I was on the front porch of my house in Roscoe Village in Chicago. And I remember him telling me it was available and, and that he wanted to interview me for the job. And I just remember in that moment feeling more inspired, more excited than I had felt in the last you know, two years of, of my job as a, as a software trainer, more inspired, more excited than the prospect of law school or being a lawyer. And uh, I pretty much knew in that moment, standing on that porch, I'm going back to Vector. And the rest, I guess, as they say, is history. I came back. That's amazing. So you're, you, you left to go complete your degree. You did that. You get this job doing a software training and you're, you know, you take the LSAT life's moving in a different direction until a phone call, a yeah. phone call well, from Dave Durand is out of the blue to me. Yeah. Out of the blue. I mean, so one of the things that I think one of the decisions I made really early on in my career towards the end of my branch summer, or even during my branch summer was, was to surround myself with great people and not only surround myself with great people, but not being afraid to kind of force myself into the room where it happens to quote Hamilton. I would call Justin Donald, Danny Lewis, Greg Strine, and even Dave Durant, our region manager, way more than was warranted. And by the way, those guys were on the Chicago division. I was in the gateway division, totally different division, but those guys were the top performers in our region. And I was calling them all the time. I just wanted to learn from the best. And I was building those relationships. Dan, I even sent you Cutco comms back in 03 when I was branching. One in particular, I remember you sending me back a very detailed plan for finishing strong and, and creating a huge August. So thanks for that. 
In fact, I even found a way to tag along. Gateway did a district manager trip to see you back in probably 03, maybe 04. And I wasn't yet a DM, but I just kind of weaseled my way into that trip and, and was able to come learn from the master of push periods, Dan Cassetta, back in, <laughs> back in 03. And so I, I was just always hungry to, to get kind of into the inner circle, kind of force myself in. And so in that sense, it wasn't out of the blue. I, I was still in touch with Justin. I was still in touch with Mike here and there. Not so much Dave, but when he said he was considering me for the role, I, I wouldn't say I was surprised, but I was never expecting that phone call in that moment. Mm. And there, there wasn't like a previous, hey, if the SPM job ever comes up, like make, no. make sure I'm your first phone call. Yeah, never no, never. I, I had never considered that role as something I'd want to do. Wow. I mean, yeah, it was, it, yeah, it was, it was and, out of the blue in that sense. And he calls you. And by the end of the phone call, you're feeling this surge of excitement that there's going to be this awesome new thing in your life that you're going to be able to, to do and impact people and have fun to with. And totally. And I hadn't even had the interview yet, but I was like, well, it's, it's a done deal. I'm going to get this job and I'm going to take this job and we're going to do it. And so, yeah, I love that. It, was, it, it took about 30 seconds and my whole life was changed. Ah, incredible. Really is. Really is. So you went to the interview with Dave, I take it, and everything. Yeah, we, you know, we did lunch. And... Yeah, we did lunch. Basically, at the beginning of the interview, he was like, just before we start, like, I want you to have this job. So this isn't really an interview. This is just you either accepting or rejecting an offer. And he even I remember him saying, at the end of this, you might just get more money from your current company. And that's cool, too. But and I was already like in my head, I'm not going to say anything just yet, but I'm taking this job. So. <laughs> You're like, stop, Dave. I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> I, I played it cool, but yeah, I already knew I was in. I already knew. That's great. That's great. Well, tell us a little bit about the role and you know how it started for you and get into a little bit about how you feel it's grown or evolved over the years. Yeah. you know, Early on, I was in learning mode. I was just simply learning how to do the job and even just what the job even was. I spent time learning, certainly from my predecessor, who was Pat Dillon, uh, you may remember. He stayed on for three months and we did have a little bit of transition time, which was nice. Nice for me because I got to learn from him. Nice for him because he got to come on one last trip. So that was cool. We were co-SPMs to uh, Dominican Republic. But I also learned from people like Mike Bottolato and, and Joel Rio and Connor Borum on how to run events. And I, and I learned from people like John Roman, John Kane, you know, the relationship side of things, how to be an SPM, but also serve in a higher capacity, because those are things that they talked about both doing as SPMs, both regionally and nationally later for, for each of them. So the first couple of years, the focus was just learning and then executing exceptional events, creating contests that inspired action and, and created more sales and more recruits, and just learning how to properly honor and recognize people showing gratitude and appreciation as often as I could. And I, I loved those first few years, honoring people, creating contests, planning events and trips. It was an absolute blast. But again, I got to this point where I was like, I, I know I need more. I need a deeper level of connection and contribution. And I can either go somewhere else to go find that, or I can just create it here. And even in the beginning, I'd have impromptu coaching calls with branches and sometimes DMs back then. Nothing formal, but just calling, seeing, seeing how people were doing, giving them advice based on my experience. Early on, I'd speak at you know divisional events. Mike 
would, would bring me in for a Chicago division meeting. Greg would bring me up to Wisconsin. Phil Bolander even brought me out to IMD to speak a couple times in the Salt Lake area. But I, I still remember the first time putting myself on a region agenda in 2011. I remember feeling nervous. I remember feeling a bit self-interested and honestly, a bit like a fraud. But that was kind of the beginning of my evolution of the role was just taking the leap and saying, I could do this. I, I can speak. I can coach. And that's kind of when it started, when I, I did that first SC1 in 2011. Very cool. So the beginnings, it was about learning how to execute events. It was about creating contests, being the architect of contests and incentives that would inspire people throughout the region. It was about recognizing and appreciating people. These, I think, are some of the sort of traditional roles of the sales promotion manager. But in the course of doing those things, you felt this deeper need for a greater contribution. And the door opened to that when you started speaking at some different events and different divisions. And then ultimately, as you said, put yourself on a regional agenda to deliver a message that you wanted to have out there to the team. Exactly. Exactly. And, uh, and I still remember the message. It was called What Follows from Belief. And uh, belief has been a major, I would say, theme in my life, not just within Vector, but even before that, believing in myself, believing in others. And that message was about was about belief. And, and not just belief, but what follows from belief, which is working hard and, and committing to excellence and all that and b- being right by people. I won't give the whole message here today. But yeah, it was it was that moment when I felt like I probably made a ton of mistakes and I could have done a lot better, but it was my first big, big uh, speaking role. And it, it really is what gave me the confidence and the idea to, to begin to transform my role. And 2012 is right around when I decided to do that and take my role to the next level. Yeah. And by the time I had a chance to really directly observe you was for three, I guess, three or four years later, where I was in a unique role where I was helping Mike and Lloyd and PJ run the three regions of Vector West, just supporting their leadership with their division managers and district managers. And I had a chance to come out to some events in the central region. I also had a chance to have a lot more conversations with people in the central region that where your name came out very frequently. And I got this great sense of you operating in the way the words I used earlier was assistant region manager, right? It was like you were thinking on a plane that was higher than the role that was sort of loosely defined for you as a sales promotion manager. You were thinking on a higher plane. You were operating on a higher plane. And and I was, I just remember being struck by that and super impressed by that. Tell us a little bit more about this period after 2012 and just how you feel that came to pass. Yeah. Well, first of all, thanks for recognizing that. That means a lot. Three main things contributed, I think, to the transformation. Number one was I just knew I wanted more. I knew I, I wanted to make a bigger difference and contribute at a higher level. And uh, and I made that known to, to Dave, to, to Mike, even to John Kane. I, you know, I wanted to be doing more. Number two is that I had great people who really believed in me and, and wanted me to take that step. First off, both my RMs I worked for always saw me in that light. 
uh, coaching, speaking, developing other leaders. And that meant a lot and and their confidence in me. Another addition to that kind of as a side note is our amazing central region staff like allowed me to do that. Ann Peterson, Cindy Mormon, Jen Young, they they're top notch at their jobs and they allow me the opportunity to impact at a high level as well, which, which I'm really grateful for. And then the third thing that, that did it was I did a really deep dive on my own personal growth. And I went to Tony Robbins, UPW. I hired coaches. I had three coaches within three years from 2012 to through 2014. And I just began to read constantly, voraciously reading in those, in those years. And, and I was journaling a ton. And after all that, and by the way, while also adding speaking, adding coaching of, of branches and then districts and C- CSPs and even some DVMs at that point. And after all that, I really saw myself and I showed up as a co-developer of our region leaders uh, with Mike Muriel. And I wouldn't call it assistant region manager. I would call it co-developer of, of leaders. But I think that either title kind of works and, and, and describes the same thing. But I just tried to show up as what I'm here to do is develop leaders, whether it's from the podium, on calls, in one-on-one coaching sessions. That was my focus, and that was how I viewed my role at that point. Yeah, excellent. Well, that certainly is what I observed in getting out there into the central region the few times that I did, was you truly were a co-developer of the leaders of the region. And you dug in in ways that went far beyond running events and creating incentives and recognizing and appreciating. It, there was a, a teaching element. There was a developing element. There was a digging in with people that was occurring that I really used as a benchmark when I became a region manager for how I wanted Gilbert to operate. And he has completely elevated his game into that same level that you play at. Absolutely. So it's been very impressive to see from both of you guys. What do you feel like, Kyle, are some of the strengths that you bring to the role that enable you to perform so well? Yeah, the first thing that comes to mind is is connecting with people, fostering deep connections with people that are meaningful beyond just getting more business or creating more sales. And that's something that is very important to me. My parents really instilled that in me. My parents are both incredible connectors. And uh, I I learned that from them from an early age. So that'd be, that'd be one. Number two, kind of connected to, to that is believing in people. As I mentioned a couple of times here already, I really strive to see the best in people and bring that out and see the goodness in people and bring that out as, as opposed to seeing you know ill intent or qualities about a person that I may not like. I, I try to find what, what could I like or why could this person be great and, and bring those things out. And I have so many people to thank for that one. You know, certainly my family again, but you know, my mentors in the business also modeled this for me. Mike, Dane Espigard, you know, John Roman, John Kane, Trent Booth. Um, and so believing in people has been a major piece of it as well. And then finally, for me, it's it's fun and presence. And I often refer to myself as just a liver. You know, I just love to live life. I, you know, I'm certainly a people person. I, I love traveling, new experiences, learning new things, meeting new people. I always try to stay curious. And it comes very naturally for me to just to bring that fun into our events, into our signature experiences, and even into our Zoom calls or or coaching calls. And I think that's something that really attracts people to our culture is the fun. And the presence part of that is just simply being where you are. This is the moment, the only moment right now that exists in the world is, is the one right before us. 
And so the most important moment in the world is the one that's right here, right now. The most important person in the world is the one that's in front of you right now. And it's not always easy to do this, but it's something that I strive for every day is, is intentional presence. And I think I screw it up every day also, but it's something that I try to keep at the forefront of my experiences being present in the moment. Are you generally more introverted or extroverted? I would say more introverted, but I show up as an extrovert, if that makes sense. Uh, when I was younger, uh, I was a little bit more of an introvert. And then as I got into high school, in order to... Well, I was also a performer. I mean, I was a singer and an actor in high school. And so I think that brought out the extrovert a little bit more in me. So I show up more as an extrovert. But naturally, I'm, I am more of an introvert. Yeah. Cool. You were saying uh, what this all brought out in you. Yeah. So the theme, as I was preparing for this, I was looking at the theme of the, the strengths I believe I have. And, and I think it's about leading the whole person, you know, not just the person that's producing sales, producing results. And I, I think we've done a good job of that in Central over the years is, is leading the whole person, you know, not just the CPO. It's something we continue to work on. And, and I think it's something that's important for us to do as leaders. Yeah, exactly. I just remember the old Jim Rohnism where he said, help people with their lives, not just their jobs. And that always stood out to me as a, a important maxim for leadership that uh, we are, aren't just here to help people create sales and make income, but that those people are doing that so that they can live a great life. They're doing that so they can have a certain lifestyle, right? We work to live, not the other way around. And so understanding that, it just makes sense right, for us to have an understanding of people's personal aspirations, to dig in with them on their, their challenges and their day-to-day -day struggles and right, helping people through those things and building the lives that they want. 100% agree with that, yeah. Yeah. The strengths you, you described are very powerful, right? Starting with fostering deep connections with people and then believing in people. I just, I love this analogy of what, what follows from belief, right? Because everything starts with belief until somebody thinks they can do something. It doesn't matter how much training we give somebody or what tools we put in front of them. It's, it's not going to happen until the person connects the dots and says, okay, I can do this. And uses those tools with confidence and expectation, right? Moves forward and takes action, right? Like all the things that we try to get people to do start with the belief piece. And it's everybody needs somebody that's there to show them that. And not everybody has it at home. In fact, a lot of people don't. And we can't always assume that everybody gets that with their, their own vector district manager, right? Some of our district managers are new. They don't always know what they're doing. They mess things up, right? Like we all did when we mm -hmm. were new, right? And you being there yeah. is like this important force in the lives of people in the central region to show them the belief that you have. I think that's such a, such a key piece of uh, the strengths that you bring. And yeah. I, love the, I love the full presence, right? Being a liver, right? Living life, right? That's just a, a great way to demonstrate for people what this company can be for them, what this job can be for them if they stick around long enough, like this is what they can create is this, this place where you have a chance to truly live life and experience life to the fullest. For sure.
Yeah, that was some some really great stuff that you're sharing on the strengths. I'd love to hear more from you on this what follows from belief theme, Kyle. I know it was yeah. a signature message that you gave whatever 10 plus years ago. Yeah. What else comes to mind when you think about that question, what follows from belief or that that Yeah. Well, like like you said, it has to start with belief. Without belief, nothing can really be accomplished. And so that's that's where it starts. It was actually an acronym of the word belief. So it started with belief. The B was for belief. It moved to excellence, committing to excellence, not just in your job, but in everything that you do in life and always trying to do your best. And it's not that you'll always be perfect, but that you're always striving to be excellent. The L was for love and for leading with love. It, that leads into connecting with people and building great relationships. The I was for integrity, being true to your word and uh, true to yourself and being authentic and showing up not, not as somebody else, but as your true best self and who you really are at your core. The second E was for energy and maintaining your physical, mental, and emotional energy. And then the F was for fun, which is very important to me that we're always having fun along the way. Yeah. Excellent. I'm glad I remembered it. I almost lost it at the second E there, Dan. You put me on the spot. (laughs) (laughs) That was great. That was great, Kyle. Really awesome. Well, it seems like you've settled into a role that you enjoy, that you thrive at, that impacts a lot of people, where you bring maximum value. I've shared the concept of Ikigai on this podcast, which I can put in the show notes for anybody that wants to see that again. And you've sort of found that here, something that you really enjoy doing, that you're really good at, that people need, that adds enough value for you to get paid well. It's awesome to see. Why do you feel like this SPM role is such a great fit for you? It's a great question. I think the SPM role allows me to grow and develop myself. And because of that, it allows me to grow and develop others through providing value and building relationships. That's the biggest thing. It's also about creating exceptional experiences for people, whether that means an exceptional experience with their job or at work, but also with their work friends. You know, we we create a lot of great experiences for them beyond just the day-to-day doing their job well. And what I believe is that when what people really need is that they want to feel included, they want to feel appreciated, recognized, and loved. And that's what we do as SPMs. We include people, we appreciate them, we recognize them, and we love them. And I believe that's what great companies and great managers do in general, but it really is the core of what a sales manager gets to do every single day. And that's why I keep doing what I do. Yeah, exactly. Love what you said there about being included, appreciated, recognized, and loved, that that's what people want, that's what people need, and that that's what you're there to provide. Just such great stuff, Kyle. Yeah. Anything else you want to share, Kyle, about just your opportunity to change people's lives in the future through what you're doing here? Yeah. Well, moving forward, as I think about the next, you know, say 10 years of my life, number one for me, as as I immediately think about that, is my family, of course. Aaron and I have a daughter, Ada, and a boy on the way in June. So, you know, I want to make sure I'm continuing to grow myself and help my family grow and be great examples to my children. But here at Vector, you know, there's very few places, there are very few places that I've ever been a part of that are truly inclusive, where everyone, literally everyone, if they work hard, treat others with kindness and respect, 
and grow themselves, they can succeed and be accepted and included. And Vector is one of those places. And so I want to continue to provide opportunities for people to find this place. And whether they're here for one week or one year or 20 plus years, my hope is that the experience they have and the people that they have those experiences with leave them with something they can carry into the next chapter of their life. So I want to keep doing that. And for those that are already here, I've got the privilege of working with awesome people and learning from amazing people. And my desire is to to keep helping them, to keep helping people believe what's possible and, and grow themselves, and then in turn, help others do the same thing. And then, of course, have a lot of fun along the way. That's my hope. Yeah, exactly. Well, you're doing all that and more, Kyle. I love what you said earlier about this role allows you to grow and develop yourself. And through that process, you're better able to grow and develop others. You're not just leading right from a position of authority, but you're leading through your example, through your personal example, building a great life, as you said, for yourself and Aaron and your two children, and then also being able to help others to do the same thing. So as I've mentioned on a number of occasions, it's awesome just to be able to observe how you operate and what you do. You're doing great work. And I feel like you've brought a lot of great value to the audience here today, Kyle. I really appreciate it. Thanks so much, Dan. It's been an honor. I really appreciate you and and all that you do. Thank you. Kyle Smith, everybody. That was a great conversation. I love the theme of what follows from belief and how that started out for Kyle was, in his words, blind faith in the opportunities that were in front of him and in what he was trying to do and how that led to a stronger belief in what he was doing and enabled him to succeed and advance with the company. Kyle said that there was a point where he was away from Vector where he realized he wanted the core of his life's work to be about helping people. That was his direct quote. And that led him back into Vector in the sales promotion manager role. And that once in the role, he made it known that he wanted to do more. He wanted a deeper and higher level of contribution. He also said at one point in the conversation that he forced himself into the room where it happens, meaning he got himself around the right people. He got himself around people who were leading, who were inspiring, who were advancing, who were developing themselves. And all of these things helped him to continue to elevate himself in his role. Kyle is such a perfect example of acting and thinking and performing at a level that's above the definitions that others might have for you. It's thinking bigger. It's acting as if when you want to advance in a role, when you want to be promoted to new opportunities, it's doing a lot of things beyond what is expected right now. And that is such a great way to create so much value in the company that you're in or in the world around you, and to also build this image of yourself as somebody that is is valuable, that does perform well, that does give so much to others. And that just makes you so valuable to the company that you're with or in the marketplace in general. And Kyle has done that perfectly. He talked about leading the whole person, being an important part of his role now and what he wants to do 
in terms of guiding and leading and developing others, being a co-developer of the leaders in the central region and some of his strategies and strengths in doing that in terms of building connections, believing in people, having full presence. He said a couple times, right, that this is the only moment that exists. And that's such a great reminder for all of us today. I referenced my own sales promotion manager, Mr. Gilbert Gonzalez. He has been featured on this podcast in episode number 275. If you enjoyed what you heard from Kyle, I think you'll love what you hear from Gilbert. Check out that episode when you get a chance. Also, Kyle referenced his original manager, Jamie Friedland. She was featured on the podcast in episode number 233. The episode is called Joy in the Journey. If you haven't heard it, listen to it. You will love it. Jamie created a place for Kyle. And Kyle has created that same place for others. As he said, to feel included, to feel appreciated, to feel recognized, and to feel loved. Those are some of the core needs that all people have. Think about how you are doing that as a leader for others in your life and how you might be able to bring more of that to the world. Thanks, everybody. Hope you enjoyed today with Kyle Smith. Thanks for listening. If you got value from today's episode, please share it with others and consider rating or reviewing us on your podcast player. Subscribing to the podcast is free and ensures that future episodes are automatically downloaded directly to your device. For access to guest bios, show notes, and other resources, visit changinglivespodcast.com. You can sign up there to receive valuable resources for free from people featured on the podcast. And to support our podcast sponsors, visit changinglivespodcast.com slash deals. This is Dan Cassetta signing off. We'll be back in a few days for our next story about changing lives. 